to add a little review over the Fava game. Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice, episode 89, the pre-Gen Con, Gen Con, non-Gen Con, we couldn't go type talking episode. We post Gen Con, Gen Con is over. Well, we couldn't go, so we have to worry about it. Jackie's camera looks a little off right now. Um, I think that's your fault. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that? You can't use crop? Well, I think it's actually probably uh, Skype. It does that every so often. Especially whenever we're doing it, when we're role playing, it does that too. So blame Skype. I see how it's going to be. Just blame I don't know, Skype. Blame Skype. Uh, guys, okay. welcome to it. Uh, chat seems to be a little off today um, uh, on Twitch. So if it's a problem there, let us know. If not, don't get too uh, hooked up on it. We'll keep you informed as we go along. Um, of course, as we can tell, Kathy is not here today. She is still at Gen Con. So we invited our good friend Jackie. Uh, that plays our Donna the Harbinger. She's like our fourth beetle. Um, so she's, I'm like the fifth beetle. The no. one we don't talk about. Well. <laughs> you know, what's the fifth beetle's name? I can't remember. Oh, remember. It doesn't matter. He was the fifth one. <laughs> Fair. So other than that. Um, so today is episode 89. Uh, it's going to be a hodgepodge type thing that we're going to be talking about. Um, we've got... Let's see. Kathy's going to talk about a Call of Cthulhu RPG. Kathy's um, not going to talk about that. Uh, Kathy, excuse me. is going to talk about um, the Call of Cthulhu RPG that she's working on and give us a review of the system. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the new theme lists uh, that are out there. Um, I am going to talk about the new Marvel game that got spoiled over at Gen Con from the guys at uh, Atomic Games. And, John, what's your topic that you want to cover? I mean... I'm gonna talk about most some of these things with you. Well, besides and I'm gonna that. paint. I'm doing. I'm doing my Kathy impression here. I'm gonna paint. Okay. Okay, you can do that. Um, can we switch my painting cam? Yeah, go switch your painting cam. All right. John's gonna switch his painting cam. The rare allergy here. Yeah, the rare thing that you can see is John's painting. Can we skip the war machine and go right into the marble, guys? We will get into the marble. <laughs> I did talk a lot with. Um, few of the crew behind it uh did get some more get some stuff nothing new everything's out there you know we spoiled it a lot on uh more than dice uh facebook page and tried to give a, a good amount of information see there goes jackie's camera again i told you it was skype ha there it goes yeah yeah so uh, um, boom my mind caught up uh we will get into the marvel stuff but uh this is kind of jackie's show today so we dictate nothing she is in controls and she's guest um, Jackie, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Red Bull and water. <laughs> John, the opposite what you... of what you guys are drinking, not yep. a present. Yep. John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am going to be drinking uh, 
some uh, Firefly sweet tea uh, vodka. Okay. Um, I'm in a shot glass every time, so just to prove that I don't have a problem. I am going to be drinking Dragon's Milk, which I've had plenty of and got plenty more back in the refrigerator. Uh, I, John's going to be painting. I'm going to be working on these trees for A Song of Ice and Fire uh, and getting these kind of built up and ready, uh, putting leaves on them. Uh, Jackie's going to be sitting there making sure her cats don't try to attack or anything uh, and meow like crazy. And John's going to paint. Uh, do we have any shout outs that we need to give out today, John? Um, I don't believe so. I don't think so either. We do have to give all of our shout outs to everybody that we have out there. We want to thank all of our sponsors, of course, for um, sponsoring us. Best way to put it. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Good job. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our podcast and providing things for us, not only to give away, but also uh, a few products that we can be able to test and use for them. Uh, we want to thank Tectonic Crest Studios um, for giving us things to give away um, and being a good sponsor. We love Dan to death. And we want to thank also uh, Mechanica Studios, which now that Gen Con is over, we can start doing the giveaway that he wanted to do. Uh, and get everybody to do it. That way we can give away one of his uh, Star Wars Legion uh, carrying trays. So we want to thank them. We also want to thank everybody that's a patron subscriber that's that's always given us their money to help this podcast going so we don't have to put it all out of our pockets and go poor doing this. Um, We also want to thank all of our Facebook followers. We got a lot of Facebook followers. Uh, I think we're at like 1,600 or something. I don't know. That's a lot of Facebook followers. That's more than in the Scorn Memes group. <laughs> um, Scorn Memes are best memes. <laughs> we want to thank them a lot. Um, we want to thank everybody for being here. We really appreciate it, guys. We really appreciate everybody that listens to us. I mean, it, it, it's overwhelming how much when I started doing this, we did it for fun, and now we've got quite a few people that follow every day. I appreciate it. We appreciate it a lot. Um to everybody there, cheers. Cheers. Damn, that's good. Oh, so we got some people are drinking some ice house and some melon rum shots. Some ice house. I can only guess who uh, is drinking that. <laughs> so, other than that, all right, Jackie, this is technically your show, so you get first topic of the day or the night. Um, tell us about this Cthulhu RPG. I would love to tell you about the Cthulhu RPG. <laughs> so, I may not be the most experienced at it. I have only been playing Cthulhu for six months. Uh, Call of Cthulhu itself has been out since the 80s, which is way before I was born. Uh, the <laughs> whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Way before you were born? Way before I was born. Like, how way before you were born? Do you want to guess? I don't know, 92? 92. Ah, oh, you actually, you aged me too young. It's the youthful look. I was born in 1990. Oh, okay. Putting me at 30 this year. Gotcha. Mm. I'm going to sit here off camera and be old. <laughs> I understand if we're not all sharing our birth, uh, birth years today. Oh, no. Are we doing that? Sure. Uh, I'll let Gonzo finish it up because it'll be the most depressing of them. <laughs> Mine is 1974. 1972. 
So, 72, so I'm, I'm the old one. I got it. I ain't got no problem with that. No wonder why 72 was such a terrible year. Oh! <laughs> yeah, because it'll never get better. Because it'll never get better. I could just see you being born with your sassy face. <laughs> just like, wow. You know what's so funny? Let's go back to that for a second. I was digging through some old stuff, and I found an old... Uh, folder or manila folder with stuff from my childhood and from when i was a little kid and i found out that at the age of four i won the cutest looking baby contest at this one fair or whatever and i was like what the hell i can't believe they were objectifying babies back then (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine having the baby who's in last place oh i know yeah, they have to get some participation ribbon. A wooden <laughs> spoon award for the ugliest baby. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> but no, I, I just, re- I just, uh, I saw that not too long ago and I was like, what the hell? What the? My mom entered me in the cutest, cutest baby contest and I won first place. I'm like, wow, that's weird. But oh well. All right, let's go back to it. You being super, super young. <laughs> Me being super young, I'm playing seventh edition, which is not first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. Uh, I actually have a book next to me. It's Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, one thing I very much like about it is that the DM is called The Keeper. I love being the keeper of the game. <laughs> uh, the game also has some really nice uh, physical additions. There's cards for. You know, items, weapons, spells, even phobias and whatnot. It's really nice to have Cthulhu physical playing cards. What'd you say? Cthulhu has phobias? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have a phobia book. And after my short review, I will pull out a random phobia, and we can see what you might be afraid of in the game. Um, so this game is obviously has H.P. Lovecraft elements to it. I would consider it a sci-fi horror game, very investigation-y, set in the 1920s, you know, uh, right before a lot of bad stuff went on. Um, Typically, people usually set it in America, but there's certainly cross-globe campaigns available for new players. Um, So yeah, your party is comprised of humans, and like humans, you can die from lethal things. You're not a level 20 paladin with you know, half celestial DNA that can fly and do all this nonsense. You get shot in the jungle. There's no doctor. You might die. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so this Lovecraftian game usually has you and your party exploring occults, using real-world investigation skills, uh, library use, and you you uncover uh, hidden horrors, demons, beasts, maybe even cults that are worshipping some type of Cthulian beast. Um, the system of it is really simple, which I like a lot. It's just a percentile system, which is a D100 system. Okay. And your That's characters... What I was kind of about. Oh, yeah, it's it's very nice. Uh, it, I don't know if any of you guys have played, uh, you know, any of the uh, old 40K RPGs, mm-hmm. but... It's just like those, except the character creation has a quick option, which is really, really easy. You can make a character in like 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, you just sink points into very basic, very real world human abilities like piloting or using firearms, uh, investigation, psychology, archaeology, so on and so forth. Um, 
And yeah, so the way percentile system works, if anyone isn't familiar, is you sink points into skills, and then you roll a d100 to challenge your skill. And let's say you have a skill of 60 in archaeology, and you're trying to read some hieroglyphs on a wall. If you roll under a 60, let's say 35 or so, you pass. You probably pass pretty well. But if you roll over a 60, such as, let's say, uh, you roll like a 75, an 80, or 90, you're going to fail. And maybe you might feel really bad if you roll a 99, or you might succeed really well if you roll a 1. Um, most of that is usually just under DM and role-playing, just in general, creativity mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. the results there. And that simple system is so easy for new players. It's very easy math. You don't have to worry about counting up dice or doing all this nonsense or kind of like Force and Destiny, you need special dice for special things. You just mm. need a couple die. Um, yeah, like I said, it's really easy for new players. Um, uh, a couple points that I like about the game. I like that there's a sanity system. You're a human and you're going to see or experience very traumatic things. And these traumatic or disturbing experiences are going to affect your character's overall sanity level. And the more crazy you get, the worse, but also more interesting of a character you get to become. And to the point where you just go totally insane and you're unplayable and you're simply a mad NPC by the end, if you can even survive that long. Um, and I think that's great to the game because there are such big picture elements to it because you're only a human. You're not something amazing. So it may take many <laughs> you're characters. Scrub. <laughs> yeah, you're a total scrub. So it makes complete sense that you're going to go bonkers if you see a demon, you know, wearing human flesh over his body or some other disgusting or, you know, horrible acts of inhumanity. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so here's an example of a game we're running through right now. We're playing through Two-Headed Serpent, which is a book campaign. It's very fun. I won't give you guys any spoilers. But our characters are a librarian, uh, a firearm specialist, a steel mill kind of worker, and so an ex-military guy, and a forensic, or is it a pathological psychologist? Some kind of paranormal kind of guy, anyway. But yeah, we're in the jungle, and... Uh, well, one character gets shot, and there's no doctor in the party. So that character bleeds out for quite a while. Uh, if that character dies, they'll have to simply roll another one. But that's okay, because it only takes 10 to 15 minutes to make a new character. Me personally, if anyone's watched the role-playing groups that we have, I love putting my characters in very risky situations, and sometimes they <laughs> no. die. I go through a lot of characters in Cthulhu. It's, it's nice. It's, you get to be very dramatic about it and have a lot of people die. Um, so some cool things about the game are the physical cards. And here's a deck called a uh, cool equipment deck. So you might have a knife or a sword or a gun or something else of that nature. Uh, and that's very cool because if I want to throw another character my gun, I give him the card. And there you go. He's got all the stats, everything right there. I think it makes it really great for new players because they don't have to actually write notes or keep track of inventory if you have enough cards to be expansive enough. Uh, there's also cards for just random characters. If you have a hard time coming up with NPCs and you're a new DM in general, you could just pull a character out of a deck of cards and this character's got some basic stacks, quartz, uh, appearance, and uh, you know abilities. So yeah, uh, I think it's pretty cool. As your characters get more and more crazy, you might develop phobias or obsessions or whatever. And there's a deck of cards for that too. So you can 
go about and maybe be afraid of bees after a big experience in the woods, or maybe you're afraid of bears or even silence or your own teeth. It's kind of weird. Phobias are very strange. Open water. Yep, open water. Yeah, exactly. Which could be really inconvenient if you have to get on a boat and maybe go to an island where there's some insmithy looking people or something. That's a total guess. Uh, this game's from Chaosium. Chaosium's a really cool company. And I think, I'm not positive, but I think they've been with Cthulhu since the beginning, since the 80s. Uh, they certainly I just came out with 7th edition. Boy. Yeah, I, I don't see anyone passing hands in that game, but I could definitely be wrong. I didn't do any Google research on it beforehand. Uh, but, yeah, another cool thing about Chaosium is they always have discounts and sales going on all the time. Actually, um, I was at PAX last year. And they had all of the books on sale, I think, for 30% off. My husband's the one who passed the stand, and we bought every book, except for <laughs> one. We had to buy that one online. They were sold out. And, you know, it's a good deal. It's a cheap game. You can buy one book. You can get into it. You can write a little story if you're interested in the world, or you can just buy one of the pre-made campaigns. And they're very fun. And they're very quick. Uh, I haven't played with this newest group yet, but I can't wait to get you guys re-updated. Um, to how we go about doing it with two brand new players who've never played before. Other than that, I think it's a pretty thorough ramble of the game. <laughs> I should have maybe rehearsed a little bit, but uh, I didn't. So if you guys have any questions, I could possibly answer them for how, you. How, how deadly is character death? I mean, how quickly and such can you die? Okay, <laughs> you can certainly die quickly. So a character's health is anywhere between five and maybe if you're really good at it, 11 to 15 HP. And a gun could possibly do six damage. This game, one of the things that makes this game good and bad is how easily a character can die. If, if I get shot and my keeper rolls really, really well and I roll really poorly, I'm going to die. But if I roll really well, I might live. Uh, I think... As far as true death goes, I'm sure any keeper can fudge the numbers to prevent it, but death is as very realistic as if a simple, normal villager was following around your RPG group in Dungeons & Dragons, except your character is the villager. <laughs> um, it's, a good, it's a good change of pace game. It's hard to have super long campaigns just because at a certain point you may not have no, anyone who started any character who started the game still in it. That's very true, which is why I like how big picture a lot of the campaigns are, because they know you're not going to survive from beginning to end, unless you're very lucky or strong. I thought someone where it may, would make sense uh, for for players to be like, you know, I'm going to retire this guy. He, he seems like he would retire after all that craziness. He survived it. He feels like he's lucky and he's done his part. It's time to move on. Um, how bad? Because the one thing about the Cthulhu universe is the insanity. How quickly is it for, you know, you to go insane and lose your character through insanity? Um, that depends on how quickly you can poorly roll. Again, the game isn't perfect. I think that the roll system is flawed in the sense that a very bad roll at bad timing can be extremely devastating. But for my characters, typically they survive three to five sessions and if they didn't die by the fifth session, they're probably totally insane. But our group tends to play a very pulp Cthulhu, where there's a lot more action and just crazy things in general. If you're going through like a really slow mall, 
like old school investigation, you could probably get a character from beginning to end. You can also heal your sanity slightly. Uh, there are certain things your character can do to recover a small amount of points between sessions. I think typically if your character went through a big adventure, you probably would lose anywhere between five and 35 sanity points depending on how your character acts in the game. Are you jumping forward and seeing everything first or are you kind of, you know, backed up a little bit? Okay. Oh, this is totally random, but one thing that most of my friends like about this game is a, a, unique, a unique stat called appearance. Most games have charisma, which is your ability to talk and whatnot. Uh, this game also has that. But this game puts uh, appearance as an ability. Your character can be ugly or pretty based on a percentile. And that has uh, real-world consequences, which I do like because in D&D, after you've had a character go through six, seven, eight dungeons and had like their head split open and their nose broken, they're probably really hideous. But the villagers are like, hey, what's up, guy? You're, you're humanoid, so I won't really care much about you. Nah, um, magic healing fixes all those problems. That's true. Uh, Abnomition, or what is it called? Uh, uh, what's that spell where you just make things look nice? Indecisivation or something like that. You guys know what I'm saying. Someone yeah. in the group will. <laughs> Prestidation. You just Prestidation your nose not broken. If I'm saying it right. I never play wizards. Was it uh, Prestidigitation? Yeah. Sorcerer's rule, wizard's drool. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so the thing from space says the more sanity you lose, the faster you lose sanity. It's a nasty downward spiral. That's a good point. Which is very true. I mean, but it's it's not a game like I said that's set up for long campaigns of it. It would be a great between games. Let's just play this till its conclusion, and then we'll jump back and we'll do something else. Um, which is sometimes you need. You can't all have super long campaigns of the one thing again and again and again. That doesn't always work. That's very true. Um, now that you mentioned it, our group typically plays a lot of one shots, one to twos. If your character survives, yeah, you could pull about a retirement and. Go on another crazy adventure and whatnot. Yeah, I think we got used to uh, games that went out of their way to build that potential long campaign. So there's a lot of rules to make things less deadly, and uh, Cthulhu is not one of those games. No, they're not. You're no. you get a character last two, three, four game sessions. You're like, whoa, this character's he's about he's to still, die. He's <laughs> still, <laughs> still yeah. Yeah, he's, he's about to, you know, As kick usual. the bucket. As usual, the wash makes it look really good. <laughs> Side note, how did we pay before washes? I don't remember. Do what? said, so how did we pay before washes? I don't remember. Because the wash is making everything good. With our fingers in kindergarten. Because we were total plebs. Fair. <laughs> oh. oh, just for funsies, here's a random phobia I pulled out of deck. This one is a uh, rabid phobia. Can anyone possibly guess what it is? Afraid of rabbits. Um, actually, that's what I thought too, uh, immediately, but it's actually the fear of magic. It's a rabbit getting pulled out of a hat, which could be very inconvenient if you're going through a campaign and maybe someone's using magic or you've run into a town magician or something. Is that a thing, the town magician? The town magician? Uh, in the 20s? It could be, yeah. Guy who does the stage shows and all, sure. 
the campaign we're about to run in it is uh, I actually have a friend that's going to be the keeper, and I like where he's going with it. We're all related to, in some manner, to a famous or wealthy person from the 20s. And that's a really fun thing is having an alternative history game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like my character has a scar because she fell off of Zelda Fitzgerald's tire swing when she was a kid. And she's very sensitive about it. And just things of that nature. One character is related to a oil baron, his illegitimate son, and so on and so forth. I'm excited to see where it goes. Sounds very cool. Yeah. Oh, another thing about appearance. Uh, if you get damaged very easily because you're a human, uh, that will certainly affect your appearance. So when I fell off Zelda Fitzgerald's tire swing, I got the scar on my butt. But if it was on my face people would stare at my scar quite often and I would take a point damage in appearance, which could hurt me when it comes to overall, just maybe smooth talking or getting into groups and whatnot or getting into the favor of a certain type of character. So you're telling me the scar on your butt doesn't make people look at your butt? I have a phobia against some people in my butt. Well, there you go. That's a problem. Gonzo, that got awkward. You might want to save us. No. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So, okay. So, so, what do you think about it? I mean, I mean, you're looking forward to it. We understand that, and you, and you think it's a it's a fun game. Do you recommend just buy the core book and go have fun with it? Make it as like I says, John and I. I played Call of Cthulhu, but it was a very f- edition that's long past and gone. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, I've got this one character. Shit, I need to make another one. We're only halfway through the game session. Well, that's kind of what happens when Call of Cthulhu. Yes, that has happened to us, too. We've had characters die in the first 10 minutes because uh, they made silly decisions and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say out of all the editions, 7th is certainly working on some issues, but it is not a perfect game. And I think a lot of it has to do with the creativity of your DM. But as far as if you're totally new to RPGs and you want to play D&D, honestly, D&D compared to this is pretty difficult. Uh, the system's really easy. Like I said, the quick character creation process is super duper fast. And if you, if a character dies, you could make another character during another person's turn and be ready to jump right back in. Oh, there was a hobo in the woods the whole time. Here he comes. He's got a shotgun. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'd recommend it. I, I think you're safe to get the horror callback. <laughs> yeah, very convenient uh, when you're in a cemetery with demons and whatnot. Yeah, I'd say just buy the court rulebook. If you're creative, make a campaign. If not, buy any of the many rule books on Chaosium. You will get some kind of discount. They're not very expensive. You can set up very easily. The character sheets, you can get them all online via PDF, which is also very easy for people playing Skype versions or whatever. Okay. Awesome, awesome. What do you guys rate? The Kraken system? No. Not the Kraken. The Space Herpes. Space the, Herpes. The fewer Space Herpes, the better. I mean, technically I use both, but that's a long story. Oh, yeah. the fewer Space Herpes, the better. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then I would give it a one and a half out of five Space Herpes. Is that right to you guys? Yeah, that's a good that, one. That, that sounds right, actually. Right yep. on. That's a good one. Yeah, but everything you need for the game is just in the core rule book. You can just buy that. You're good to go. Bam. You're ready. Don't have to buy a single other thing. And uh, you get a digital copy with your rule book at least i did and so you can share the link with all your friends and one book's party of five you're good to go bam 
Awesome. I, I do enjoy when they have the both fettled together. It's one of my complaints about certain things where it's like, you want me to pay how much for the, the digital version in addition to the print? You're oh, crazy. I know. D&D does that. It's like, I don't want to buy a digital book for $30. Not when the core rule book is 39 Yeah, get, get me a bundle. Make it sealed so no one can flip through it in the bookstore and then open it up. It's got a code in there. One-time use. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, uh, theme lists? Correct. Uh, so the official Oblivion dropped at Gen Con, uh, the official oh, book. But we have seen all theme lists pretty much are out there now. And so everybody can see what they've got in their lists and how everything works and whatever. And I'm kind of yay and meh on some stuff. Oh. Like, for example... I looked at uh, Grimkin because I was really curious about how they were going to change the Grimkin stuff up. List didn't change at all, but it is a, it is a newer list, so I can understand that. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, the Grimkin theme list didn't change much. Um, what they could bring didn't change much. There were just a few people that changed up a bit uh, that you could take in the list, which is okay because new new models are coming out because the Riot Quest models are coming out. Because uh, supposedly Grimkin are getting a solo and riot quest or whatever that when you kill him, he turns into a gremlin swarm. So I'm like, cool. I'm up for that. More gremlin swarms in my uh, my list. I'm happy with. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five gremlin swarms is okay. Um, but. Spoiler. No, no, it's actually not. <laughs> uh, Gonzo, so, did you lose a solo in your list? No, not that I know of. Uh, I, I know that I have started looking about some different ways to change my list because the uh, avatars that are coming out, especially the, the nature one, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, um, that is coming out works for Grimkin, and I want two of those because one, they kind of look like they'd be kind of cool to play. Um, but... The overall thing is, I didn't see a huge change on the Grimkin list changes, but enough that I can consider going, okay, I will change my list to add this and this and this. And now my list is not going to be exactly like everybody else's list type thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I had a long thought about this because, you know, well, like I said, last time we talked about this stuff, I'd been drinking for half a day and I got a little negative. So I'm trying to keep an <laughs> open mind. And. I love what they did with the theme list. I think that's a great idea. I think they should have done that out of the gate. But, you know, evolution is a thing. Um, we all know that they sort of went a little faster than, I guess, than, and they would have been a perfect world for 3rd edition, for Mark III, mm -hmm. whatever they're calling it. Uh, I do like this. It's a good change. But my big thought was, you're almost not even having factions anymore because of the way that works, you know? Uh, let it depends. You're not really a faction anymore. Yeah, and it depends on which one. Like, of mm -hmm. course, the um, the cross faction one. I can't remember the name of them. It's the Kador and Minoth, where you can play a Kador or Minoth caster. Oh, with, yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch of those. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. that's those. The, the, those I'm okay with because they're very. You're gonna have to own a lot of models to play it, and people do. There's nothing wrong with that. And I tried making a couple of lists of those because, of course, everything's live now. So you can go on 
the War Room, yeah, Rise of the Horse Lords, uh, and you can go in there and you can create all these lists uh, in the Oblivion theme, which pretty much every tournament I know of is going to be playing Oblivion theme list from here on out. Even though it's not official yet, um, pretty much everybody is going to be doing that anyway. Yeah, um, I think everyone loves those lists. I mean, I have not heard anyone say anything negative about the theme lists no. as far as versus the old ones. No one's like, oh, the new one's crap, the old one was good. Except in the rare cases you get like, uh, we'll work for food, where I, in some of the lists, I lose a free model, which is fine. I should not be getting four free models. It's more of taking advantage, but it sort of opens up more play in the list. You don't like, oh, I need to take this. I can't take this because I need to get to my four three model for maximum effectiveness. You, you can switch it up a little bit now. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that that that's what that's kind of the point I was going with. Some of this is that you get, you still get the cool stuff you want. It's just now you don't have to take all the stuff to get the cool stuff. Um, for example, I was looking at my. Um, the Karchev list I play, I can play the exact same list, no problem, no change whatsoever. But I have the option to bring new models. Um, I have the option to bring new models based on the theme list. Uh, but I, I took my original Karchev list and just imported it in Oblivion. It was exactly the same thing. No change. Uh, no points, no models. Everything was exactly the same. So I, I didn't lose anything, but I did gain the ability to add new models to it, which I thought yeah. was good because I could change it up a little bit. Um, but then I started looking at you know my other lists. Okay, I took my other Karchev list, or my other um, Vlad One Doomweaver spam list. Same thing. No change in the list to play it with. I was able to make it exactly 100%, but I also have the ability to bring new stuff uh, and still have the same thing. I could still add something that I think would be good for, like, oh, I could take, I really need to take this model because now I need to get rid of certain things in the list because the meta's playing certain things. Now I can, but still have my list the same, mm-hmm. um, which I think was good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's definitely a good change. Uh, the thing from Space says, I feel like the meta is going to devolve into good versus evil two factions. That's sort of their fear. And that is always the problem with uh, overly structured list building, let's say. Yeah. Because it's very rigid list building. It's gotten less rigid, which I like, because the rigidity of old lists was one of the problems I had. Yeah. Um, when I, I will say without any hesitation that when making lists, there were two themes I could make a list for, get done with it and go, you know, I'm excited to play that. I don't hate it. I don't feel like I'm shoehorning to try and fit this list. And that was what worked for food and uh, irregulars. And irregulars was barely a theme list as far as structure. Let's be honest. It was mercenary stuff. Yeah. Um, all the rest, I'd make a list. Like I played circle. I made a list and I'm like, I don't really like this. I feel like I have to really shoehorn to get stuff in here to, to fit this theme. Correct. And when you go through and you see a lot of themes like that, that was my biggest, one of my biggest issues. Um, it's fixed that a little bit, but it's still, I'm still a little worried. Because like I said, you know, you, you've lost a lot of that theme flavor, literally your theme flavor in a tournament, let's say, because casual doesn't matter nearly as much, is uh, you're, you're, you don't have that 
faction flavor anymore. It's only just, I can only take these two casters because they're in the same faction. I have to use these quote-unquote themes um, to fit in my two my two pair lists. So yeah. that's, uh, it's going to be a weird thing. It's going to, the meta is going to have to sort itself out. They're going to figure out what they do with that. Which is, which is a good thing because people are going to start trying out this new stuff. And I know, like, there's a tournament going on right now at uh, Metagames in Springfield which is always a, a really good competitive uh, scene, and they're trying out all the new stuff. Uh, and I know all my players that are from my local are going to be there, and I'm going to ask them and say, hey, what did you think? How did you know this XYZ do? Did you think that it was worth it? You know, blah, 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 and you know, start getting the feel for it. Um, because one thing I noticed, um, you know, certain themes lost stuff. Like um, my Karchev list lost that, you know, uh, people don't have um, ambush. Well, that, lo- that I lost that in, in the new thing. Was list. that also the wolf thing? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. It, what it was is they lost uh, the theme benefit. Broken. Yeah, and the everybody. Yeah, everybody. I thought it was broken. <laughs> so it's not thing. I don't mind that. It is a cool, very flavorful ability that I like the concept of. But now, instead of you getting free points, you are effectively taking points away from your opponent's list. Because every model with ambush, in most cases, if you're not getting it from a theme list, is paying for that. Yeah. Now, if it's like models, that's one thing I like that they're not doing is taking away from other armies as much. Absolutely. If if they've made it, um, models cannot ambush due to a theme force benefit. Okay, that's cool. Your theme force benefit is taken away by a theme force benefit. That's sort of a wash. And sometimes it's not a benefit for you. So, but that would have been more interesting. But. You know, it's it, it was that was one of the ones that put me off. Like when you can't advance, deploy stuff like that. I'm like, you're. I mean, I like the concept of what you're doing. I just think you're nerfing someone that paid points for stuff in their army. It, it doesn't work in War Machine because that's not War Machine. Yeah, War Machine is hanging its hat on super tight competitive play, and that is the opposite. It is super fluffy, cool. Like if you let's just say Age of Sigmar, you're talking about it in the uh, preamble. If you have a Age of Sigmar style theme list, and you can't get some ability. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Age of Sigmar is not about balance, anyways. It's about, you know, the full scenario. Like there are scenarios where the uh, Stormcast can't drop in because of scenario rules, and I'm like, well, that's kind of horseshit. But I guess you know it is what it is, right? You just deal with it. It's just that's not so fair for for War Machine lists. Yeah, because you're paying you're paying points for that, and points are very tight. And things work a little bit different in the game than in the other ones. Um, so. One thing they got rid of was the plus one to go first, um, <laughs> which was a good thing Sounds in my good. opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a great ability. But I, I you know, unless you're like, oh, it was a cool ability, but uh, he's not sure it was a fair ability. Because there was plenty of times you're like, well, I'll never get to go first because all the top lists that I know that I'm playing against all have that plus one ability. Uh, now instead of they, you get to re-roll. So say, um, so is that re-roll just flat out re-roll, not take the higher of the two, right? Correct. It's just a flat out re-roll. Um, so that makes it really, really good. Um, so it'd be really, you know, so say, you know, I roll and I get a five and you get a four and you have the ability to re-roll. That's worth it. Uh, especially if you want to choose a particular side or go first because your army wants to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, really good. Um, then there's also the, what was it? I know 
Kador one, the Man of War theme list still got the advanced move, but it's every Man of War. Yeah, because they're super slow. It's it's yes. that's a cool. Theme. They need it. Yeah, like they <laughs> certainly need it. You need Man of War, and you still need Covenix just to uh, get, especially on the new scenario. Oh yeah, Kador Speed Four on the new scenario that's really broken apart is so crippling because you have to commit to the center every single time. You really don't have any options because yeah. if you commit to a side. You're giving up possibly a scenario or, or a, you know, I mean, a brick, a beast brick yep. and a flag or the center one as well. I mean, your opponent could possibly get three points a turn once it starts rolling if that they if they're really tight on it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is it used to be only like four models really got the advanced move, but it's every man of war got the advanced move. So you could have change that a bark two thing or no, that was the new the new theme list gave you everybody that has Man of War gets the advanced move. Gotcha. So it really, 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 really helped uh, the Man of War theme list, which I'm going to look in and running one and get rid of my uh, Jack list and go with a Man of War list and see how that works out. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that. Um, there's a lot of changes to a lot of lists. And so far, I really haven't heard any major negatives. More of curiosity of well now i get to try out a bunch of different things and get to figure out stuff so mm -hmm. it'll be very inter interesting of how this goes um i'm I'll looking forward honest, to it more than changing scenarios i feel like balancing all the theme lists every year which there's no way they could do i mean yeah this is pie in the sky you don't have enough people to do that i wish they did but changing, balancing theme lists every year would actually be so much better for the meta than changing the actual scenarios. Or if you alternate, this year we're going to change the scenarios, this year we're going to balance all the theme lists, you keep things up to date. You can really shake up a meta like that. Yeah. Especially if you make it, if you put your story fluff in there, like, oh, well, you know, Striker was killed in our story, so you can't play Striker in tournaments. There's a lot of interesting stuff they could do there. I don't think they will. It's not their game. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I'm sort of thinking about it now. I'm stealing ideas from a different game. That's <laughs> sort of what they've done. Yeah. But you can see how they're all related. They're all sort of playing off each other. You're like, oh, they did that. Ah, people didn't like that as much. It was kind of weird. Let's do ours this way. And I like that. The PPs even do that. Like, oh, let's see how they did stuff. We're going to fold some of that into what we're doing. It's That's agreed. At least they're learning off, learning off of other people's playtesting. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like to add that I think the method you mentioned there would make it much easier for new players because they don't have to relearn board scenarios and rules. If a, if a minor change happens to a faction they haven't even come across yet because they've only been playing for a month, it's yeah. not a, a curve. There's already such a bell curve to the game, and it's nice not to overcomplicate it for new players because that will hurt in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, Hale Boop, or Congo the Drummer Gun, said, I don't think you should bar dead characters, so I like how you can see certain characters. I mean, it's it's an idea. Um, some old games did that, mostly card games. The old Legend of the Five Rings card game did that, where someone would die, can't use them anymore, you know, stuff like that. Um, Malifaux just did it. They have a whole box of what's called Dead Man's Hand, which is all their characters who are dead or imprisoned and cannot be played <laughs> unless you have a special event for them to be played in. And it's a very cool, flavorful thing to do. May not be the best for Wormerkin. Like I said, they're very competitive. It might not we're looking for, but I'm trying to throw ideas out to, to help you know make it make it work well again, make it uh, make it casual and tournament again. 
Yeah. I think overall, like I said, I haven't seen all the cool stuff for Oblivion, especially the story stuff of Oblivion. But overall, I think this is a very good step in the right direction for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got a lot of cool things going, a lot of things happening. Everything seems to be really good in this that they've really... It, it, it's some of the best news that I've had coming out of Privateer Press recently is their new thing that they're doing, Oblivion. Uh, it's a, there's a story mode to it. There's a change in theme list. It shakes up the meta, but doesn't shake it up so much that it causes a problem, but shakes it up enough that, oh, my theme list can now include XYZ? Okay, I'm interested now. Because now I get to do something cool and different. So I think they're I think they're on the right right track with this. I, I'm really happy with the new themes. I'm really happy the way it goes. Um, the competitive nature of my meta is happy with it. So when you when you can get both of them, even better. Absolutely, and I'm happy that they're trying new stuff because they needed to. Yeah. So sorry, I just dropped a bunch of foliage. So well, here's some two closing. Here's two closing points on the same subject here for you guys from me. Uh, one, I I agree. I like what John says about having a dead man's chess of characters. If PP ever does do that, I think they need to be more organized with their fluff. If you want to find fluff, like I do, you have to really search deep for it. If you want to know how Butcher blew up in battle, you have to go find an old white dwarf from like 2010 or. Five even. You mean no quarter, not not white dwarf, but no quarter. Or, yeah, no quarter. White dwarf is in my bathroom right now. That's our bathroom literature. Uh, Good bathroom literature. And uh, my secondary point is uh, I forgot that, so you get one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my secondary point. Uh, taking jacks with other lists, this new theme mix-up going. I feel like it would have been more balanced to maybe do that with just solos. Because War Machine is kind of is kind of the goofy solo game, and throwing a solo or two from a different list isn't so crazy. It's kind of like a mercenary tactic, rather than just being like, "Oh, is that Jack a proxy? Oh no, that's really a Crucible Guard Jack. Oh, okay, I just thought you were proxying uh, somebody else this whole time." <laughs> I'm gonna be realism here. Don't think I'm being negative. It's purely a sales thing. The Jack kits require a lot of. That's very true. Making and it's a cool, flavorful way to get them in other lists and get better sales. So, it's kind of a, it's kind of a double whammy there, and I can't really fault them for it. Well, they also included more jacks and reduced some points of, excuse me, character some character stuff to so well, you could put them in new lists. Well, um, the next they just need to put uh, FA limits on jacks. Hmm. Yeah. They, they kind of have. I mean, except like with Slayers, because who wants to field allowance Slayers? <laughs> well, they need to field allowance all of them, actually. That's sort of one of the things, and, and one of the things is that, you know, you, you have to have a limit on how many of a thing. That way, if something gets crazy, you don't just bring all of them. But but is War Machine a jack-spamming game? I mean, is it nine clockatrace or a million Griffins? how War Machine is special and horrible at the same time like no because that's been 40k's thing for a while and games workshop even had the good sense to fix it which is crazy talk but I, I know why they don't and i i i want them to but i support that they don't because they don't want to invalidate people's collections and having had that happen to me from gw multiple times i am pleased that they at least have a good reason to not do it so 
I mean, I guess you can make a reasonable field allowance. Like you can make something field allowance four? five or six or yeah. four, and it's not five. devastating. Yeah, I mean, it's not devastating at all. Like, oh, okay, I can only have four of this jack. I've got seven. Hell, I'll tell you a story about a uh, Malifaux model. So all Malifaux models have limited field allowances, basically. Um, there was a model I bought uh, on one of their sales, came in a pack of three, like they all do. And then in the store, they had another one with their special alternate sculpt in the same box. And it was so super cute because it's a big drunk raccoon. Uh, and I had to have that box. I bought that box. So I have seven of them, and you can field three. <laughs> I'm really upset. Someone's going to end up with some very cute drunk raccoons that they can put together, and they're so good. Sorry. So, segue. <laughs> uh, Gonzo, let's save us with our last topic. Last topic that everybody was so stoked about during Gen Con, uh, which is the new Marvel miniature game coming out. Um, this actually blew up quite a bit on the internet, um, because the previous Marvel game was owned by night games and got taken away. Okay. So I'm going to stop you there for pedanticness. They didn't have the license to make a game. That's why it got stopped. Correct. But here's what I'm saying that it used to be night game had the Marvel game and Marvel models. They're allowed to make models for display only. They, uh, totally weren't allowed to make it correct game but the US uh, at all. but other things aside yeah everybody is mad because there was no other marvel mini game yes totally well, understand I mean, there is but it's hero clicks yes not but say we, have to save here. yeah we don't have to go anywhere with that yeah. so this brought out a lot of huge noise one it's by a bunch of old pp people Will Schick, Will Pagani, Dallas. There's a lot of old PP players. Formed their own company called Atomic Mass Games. And they're underneath um, Asmodi, from what I understand. Uh, I'm trying to get some more information. I did put in to have a couple of them on the podcast. Or at least just do an interview so we can talk more about it. But um, I read the entire game. Uh, The rules are online for free right now. Yeah, I did too. Um, and when the news were coming out and people were taking pictures, I was all over it like crazy and was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then all of a sudden I saw the movement widgets and the... Uh, crazy dice. Crazy dice. And I went, this is Legion. This has got a lot of Legion flair to it. And I'm like, okay. And then I was dissecting the information. It's played on a 3x3 three three board. Um... It's played with a lot of terrain, a lot of interactive terrain, mm-hmm. um, a lot in some cases destructible, uh, and a lot of it's destructible too. Mm-hmm. Um, after reading the rules last night, um, so there's a lot of stuff on here that I was really happy about. Uh, of course, seeing the models. Of course, everything, all the models they have out right now are, of course, pretty almost everybody from Avengers and the recent movies. Totally understandable. Um, Because the movies, you know, all the Avenger movies and stuff are a big hit right now. Of course, they're going to bring out all those models for it. Um, There's a few other in there, like Crossbone is in there, which I thought was a weird uh, Mm -hmm. villain to put in there. But he is part Well, you need to have bad guys, and he, as much as Red Skull, is one of Captain America's greatest nemeses. Correct, yeah, but he wasn't part of the movie, so it was like, okay, all right. He was. He was in uh, Civil War. But I imagine he was a good 
good choice for just like licensing reasoning. Like maybe he was one of the easier ones to get out and it was more of a legal thing over a fluff. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, and he, he also did make, make an appearance in the movie, so he's better than putting it. I mean, they put Modoc in for Christ's sakes, and Modoc hadn't been in shit for a while. Yeah, which is also. But he looks so different that it's great to. Uh, um, <laughs> he looks great in a model form. He's like, what is that crazy thing? Yeah. Um, so I read over the book. Uh, went over all the information I could online with everything that's going through. The only thing I wanted to know was, can I get my X-Men? Because that's me. Uh, and that's just who I am. I want my Nightcrawler. I want my Colossal. I want my Wolverine. I want, I want my X-Men. And they said that they're not allowed to talk about any release, next release schedules or who they can and can't have yet. Totally understandable. The game is yeah. not even out yet. Um, yeah, that would be pretty cool to have Hulk and uh, Beast together as your huge bases well yeah. that's another thing about the game is there is no set base size for the model there is not a hulk is going to be on a certain millimeter base and so on and so forth they it was one of the things they said is there's not a base size per model size are they all 40 millimeter then like well, every character so far the, looks like it yeah it is I, but they said that there's not going to be a standard on certain things. Um, I was disappointed that they weren't using round lip bases because I really like round lip bases. <laughs> they just look cool to me. But, um, you know, they that, that was something I thought was interesting about it is they said there's not going to be a standard uh, for that stuff. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Which I could see, you know, bigger models on a bigger base, smaller models on a smaller base, etc. But if you got a model that's got a really cool pose and, you know, is doing something different, you can make a dynamic base and not worry about, Oh, well, what base is this guy on? Well, he's on a 30 so millimeter. You're I'm going to say that that's going to change. They're going to have to have set base sizes. And there's one reason why, because they're using the movement stick Legion style. So if you have a bigger base, you will get extra movement out of your movement. If you have a bigger base, so they're going to have to limit it. Well, they said that there, but there's not going to be a standard is what they said. Oh, yeah, the standard. Look at 40 millimeter of any type. That's cool. I mean, that, yeah. that makes it so you can get whatever 40 millimeter you want. Do you have GW styles 40 millimeter bases that are sculpted that you want to use? Cool. Use them. Do you have round lip 40 millimeter bases you want to use in the right style? Boom. Use them. Is someone going to make a cool sort of flat style like they have that's not beveled, not round edge that you want to use? Use those. That's going to be great. Well, they said that there's not going to be any standard size, that there will be some that will be bigger, some that will be smaller. Uh, wow. Depending on what's going to be going, and yeah, that, that, but that may be. But if they go, Hulk is on a sixty millimeter base. I'm just throwing out numbers. Um, sure. He most likely won't be having the same amount of movement as you know, so and so forth. You know, that's on a smaller base. It all depends. Wow. We're still I mean, looking. Have leaping, so he'll have. It'll be like Will Carling or Flight. So he'll be height five for moving. Correct. So it it, it, it all just depends. Um, yeah, it would say the base size that comes with the mini. Um, yes. whatever base size, that's what it's going to be. Yes. There's not going to be Hulk as to be on a 50 millimeter base guys, no matter what, because there it is. It's just whatever base they give you, that's what you put it on. Yeah. That's what the size it is. If you yeah. can find another base that size, cool. But that size, yeah. Um, I really like a lot of their rules. I would actually say that it looks like they took rules from a lot of popular games and just meshed them together into one game. 
Oh, there's some aspects of War Machine there with the power tokens on your guys to use your uh -huh. power, sort of like focus. Uh -huh. There's the Legion aspects there and the Fantasy Flight uh, crazy dice, but uh -huh. they changed it a bit because Fantasy Flight's big on offense and defense dice. They're just one type of die. It's got hits and blocks and everything because, you know, look at some of those dice. They got blanks all over the place. Why have blanks when you could have them all in one dice? Yeah. I mean, the system is pretty easy, too. Mm -hmm. You choose whatever ability you're going to use. If it has a cost of power, you pay the cost. If not, you do the ability. Um, once you do the ability, you grab how many dice the ability is. So if you got laser beams and it's five dice, you pick up that many dice. You roll you it. Go. Uh, your opponent then looks at the defense against laser beams, energy, melee, whatever the type of attack it is, and they roll that many dice, and they cancel each other out. Yep. And whatever is left, between. yeah, and whatever's left is the damage the opponent takes. Um, there are feats per se for people that are uh, kind of talking about it. There oh, like are leadership abilities. Yeah, well, there's there's cards that you can play, and oh, they've yes. only shown like two so far or three, yeah. something like that. But like one of them is uh, Captain America. Iron Man can shoot at Captain America and ricochet the blast onto someone else. So pretty much Iron Man gets to shoot, but use the line of sight of Captain America and which the distance from Captain America, which is cool. Yeah. That means Iron Man can, you know, if he's hurt, he could stand back, shoot, be safe, and then hit someone else. Great little concept. Yeah. Um, I, I like their damage function where you can't, you cannot one round a character. It is impossible because correct. all you will do is daze them. Then they'll turn over to their injured side and, and they may not be as good. In Hulk's case, he'd probably better when injured. And then they get to use that side. And then, then they're KO'd after that. So you could two-round yeah. somebody, but you can't one-round them. Which means it's very likely to be able to use your uh, cool characters. And I love that it is alternating activations. 100%. If it wasn't alternate activations, it, it would be broken, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because then you could just pile up on one character and wipe them out. Or, you know, just wipe out a bunch of people really quickly. And it would, it would not be fun. Um, there are activations is the way forward for most games. Yeah, uh, there are, um, and, I, and I don't want to do this, but it's an easy way to put it. There are themes, um, but it's very loose when I say themes. There's, there's affiliations. Say, yeah, you took all the people of this particular group, or five out of ten people at least, because um, we'll get into that in a second. Because you got to put some lip service on that. Yep. Uh, if you have happy five out of ten people from one affiliation, you get that affiliation bonus. So. They're very loose themes. Yeah. Uh, I think one of them was Captain America. If you're within a certain leadership of him uh, and you belong in the Avengers team, and it has a list of who all is on that, mm -hmm. um, you get like minus one to all your power checks to a minimum of one, which is really yeah. good. Yes. Uh, that's wow. To me, that, I think that's really powerful because you only get one power a turn during the power phase, and anytime you take damage, you get power. So if you're a character that sits in the back, you're not going to get much power. Yeah, so having extra is good. Yeah. Um, the the last two points we should probably um, touch on real quick before we go to media. Um, the list building is interesting because you bring 10 characters with you, mm -hmm. and then um, the scenario dictates how many points of those characters you get to bring, and you will make your list for the actual scenario after it's flipped from that pool of characters. I, I think this is a very... I think this right here is one of the coolest concepts that they've done is you write down your roster of 10 guys you want to bring. Mm 
10 people, 10 superheroes, and it can be good guys and bad guys. That's another thing that I think is perfect, is they didn't make it where you can only play good guys and only play bad guys. Bad Have you guys. read comic books? Team up, so that happened all the time. Yeah, but you bring your list of 10. Um, you bring your list of superpowers. Uh, you get to choose five out of your eight that you bring, um, and you get to choose those after the scenario is done. But yeah, you, the scenario you, is basically you guys... Um, you have three of each type of card or something mm -hmm. like that. And then you roll off over wins, chooses which type of card they're going to take. And they're going to shuffle up, take two of those. And then you're going to take yours, shuffle up, take two of those, the other type of card. And then you're both going to choose one, put them down, and then figure out what you're doing. And the person who won gets to choose which points value of people they use. Yeah, so whoever... there's a lot of advantage to winning that, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Correct, because whoever has priority gets to choose. So say one card says 17 points and one card says 13 points. Um, whoever has priority can say, we're going to play with 17 points. And then the other one can go, well, no, I saw your list and you have a lot of expensive guys on your side. We're taking the 13 point. Um, so, I mean, that's actually a really cool thing to do. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting to see when it hits because I'd say that it comes, it, it's very good, uh, that whole, you know, random sort of scenario plus points out of that is vaguely Malifaux. Like the tournaments do a lot of things where you have a crew, uh, a pool of people uh, that you can build from after you, because in Malifaux you're supposed to build your list after you figure out exactly what you're playing. Yeah. Um, another good thing that they're doing is they're selling terrain, which I think mm -hmm. is a great thing because terrain is very important in the game, not only for climbing and flying and jumping on, but also for picking up and throwing at people. Um, and, and they're a little bit bigger scale. Um, yeah. All the scales point to a human-sized model being about the size of a Primaris Marine from from a 40K. Yeah. So um, uh, a little bit bigger. I think they said 40 millimeter. That, that sort of jives is what I saw in those comparison pictures. Yep. Um, so a little bit bigger, but a lot of things will work. Like those, um, there's a lot of slightly larger size uh, cars you can buy in toy stores that oh, will yeah. work for terrain and all. And there's a lot of terrain that we used to be really kind of off-scale, but we let it slide, is actually on-scale now. Yeah. I think um, they might actually be at an O-scale for, uh, uh, or one of the scales for terrain for trains. I'll have to take a look at that, because if so, there's a lot of terrain out there. Everybody's saying it's O-scale. A lot of people are commenting that it's going to be an O-scale type terrain. I think that's what I found, because I remember seeing O-scale as being a little bit big for um, old GW models that we used to use for superhero games, mm -hmm. so... It sounds about right. Um, a lot of good things have come out of this. I'm excited for it. I've mm -hmm. already told my store, I want this, 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 and this. I don't care for Modoc. I just not my character, but I'm definitely like Starter and the Hulk and, you know, all the other stuff. I'm like, yep, I want all this. Uh, I've been dying for a good superhero miniature game, and I was going to get into Marvel when it came out. And then, of course, right before I started to look into buying, it was like, nope, all gone. You can't play that anymore. And I'm like, well, poop. Probably for the best. I yeah, it was. Um, but I'm a, bottles, but I, I, I'm a big, big X-Men fan, and I hope that they get that because that's what I want. I want the thing. It's it's clobbering time. Yeah. Well, kept, you, talking I about characters. The old Marvel game wants the thing. <laughs> uh, one thing I, that people did ask about bringing multiple types of the same thing um, and they said that one of the things I saw on there, and I'm, I need to get more clarification, that you can't have 
more of the you can't have the same alter ego on there. So you could have Spider Man Miles Morales, Spider Man wow. Peter Parker, Spider Man okay. D Parker, Gwen Stacy Spider Man, and all those, but you couldn't have Spider Man Peter Parker. You can only have Peter one Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker? That makes sense, because I'm sure they're going to have, uh, yeah, Peter B. Parker. I'm sure they're going to have, like, multiple suits for Iron Man and whatnot in the future. But, yeah, but the cool. thing is, they all have, if they all say Tony Stark, then yeah, you so, can't have it. But you could have, if you go old school, and I'm old school like that, you could have, uh, you know, Rhodey as Iron Man, because there was Correct. a period where he was Iron Man, if they go classic comics. If out. that's the case, then you could have a whole list of just all the Green Lanterns. Uh, wrong, 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 wrong oh, one. Oh, you're right. That's okay. DC. <laughs> but you could have the but Thors. The DC Universe guys were actually yeah. putting on a rule book if that was holding you up playing that game because it was holding me up. But you could do all the Thors. Beta Ray Bill, you know, all Thor normal, and then so on and so uh, forth. What's his name? Eric, whatever his name was. The uh, construction guy. Mm-hmm. Thor ended up being Thunder Jane. Strike. And I killed. Yeah, Jane and Foster Jane. One, yeah. Jane, so you could have but a whole... I mean, Thor and Fluffy Thor. If they make Beta Ray Bill, then they have gained my loyalty for forever. <laughs> well, he is coming in the new movie, so I would not be surprised. Oh, Beta Ray Bill is so cool. But, I mean, a lot of this looks really good. Uh, I yes. really like that they did the measuring sticks for movement, which if you play Star Wars Legion, you'll be very familiar with this. It makes gameplay so much easier, so much faster. You just lay it down, put it down, put it here. You're done. Um, just to address, because a guy on Facebook said this, it does not teach bad habits. No. Using it, use, If using measuring sticks is good enough for War Machine players, because they use measuring sticks for fuck's sake, yeah. it's good enough for all the people, because they're really, really trying to be precise. But this is just easier, and it's not exactly like Legion. It's not like you move from one end to the other. You can put yourself anywhere along the measuring stick on either side, Correct. as long as you fit. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of good things going for this. I, I mean, one, they've got a good team. I know all the guys there. They're good people. They they got a good you thing can going. Tell how they just just used ideas from so many games and then just tweaked them a little bit and put them together into one game. It's great. It's yeah. like it's like the meta game almost. Like let's take this bit from War Machine and this bit from what they're doing with Malfo and this bit from Legion and this stuff and just put it all together. It's great. I'd love to be in a fly in the wall in that conversation oh, with those in the room. Now, hey, um, here's something that would be fun for this new game. So the game is so new, this is a good time. You could make predictions of things that you might think will come in the future for the game. Um, I might be throwing you guys off. But here's one thing <laughs> that I thought when I first saw it. I'm not nearly as well-schooled as you guys. I do not read the rules. But... Um, the way they have single characters, I think in the future they'll have characters with higher fuel allowances. Like instead of having a single very powerful superhero, you might have three shield agents that together might be the equivalent of one character. No, that, that would be cool depending on what their point scale is because that might give you the good points filler, which is sometimes a problem in games like this. It's actually a big problem in the DC Universe game where you get to a points level and you can't fill points because there's only so many points to, to go for. That's actually not a bad idea. You could have shield agents, and they're three so points, be, and you get three not models. Have any superpowers. They're gonna be like, I got yeah, three guys with rifles. Or, or maybe you can. This is just another thing added to that. Maybe a character could have a special like weapon that's only game centric. That might be a couple extra points 
for an extra ability, but then oh. you have to cut later on, uh, i.e. maybe have only two shield agents instead of a special character or something of that nature because you want Iron Man to have two blasters or something. Yeah, you, you want that Mark Eight Iron Man upgrade? You could do Iron Man as just Iron Man that have different armors as upgrades where they do different things. That could be cool too. That's that's a lot of cool ideas. I mean, if they're allowed to do whatever they can do, I'm sure they're going to be limited because Disney is very, you know, very Disney, very yes. Disney, uh, and they're going to be protecting their property. And I'm sure they're going to be going. Well, you're going to do a Jane for. Uh, Floor because the new movie's coming out and we want her to be centered in the game and it'll sell more tickets or sell more, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I'm sure they will. It's, it's just good marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that, we want to get people in the game. Let's have, like, honestly, after this first push, this is a great lull in which to get this game out in. Yeah. And then push in, like, oh, this is coming out. Let's release this pack of stuff around that time. Correct. That gives them three releases a year, they could stage it a little better than the Marvel movies are staged because they sort of cluster around the early year, you know. The holiday season and whatnot. Yeah, the late holiday season, they don't have much, but they, they could do something with that. That's cool. Um, so, Legionnaires asked, did G.I. Joe come under, under Marvel's label? They did, but G.I. Joe is not currently under Marvel's label, so they would not be able to. That would be a Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast thing, and those two people are not going to play together because Asmodee and Wizards of the Coast are probably the two big dogs in, in the industry. Um, Banyan says, Dr. Strange, I probably would guarantee that Dr. Yeah. Strange is going to be there. Um, I do have one smile and I, I, I haven't seen him physically in my hand, but the one thing that I might have an issue with the game and like I said, I'm holding on to this until I get it in my hand are the cards, the cards that the stats are on the text and everything looks really small. Um, and don't look now I'm an old guy, so it could be a problem, you know, trying to see all this small stuff because the icons look really tiny. The words look really small and, and it may be fine, but I want one in my hand so I can look, I yeah. want to be able to put it and on the table. Small? Uh, possibly That's pretty, That's small. pretty small. And this is, you know, the direct competitor. You might have to pull out the keychain magnifying glass there, Gonzo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's... I mean, I've liked what, just for example, what Malifo's gone. They've gone to bigger cards. They go to Terrorcite's cards. Yeah. Well, what so I they think... They make everything easier to read. Correct. Which I think what they should do is if they follow all the things that everybody else has done is... Because we've only seen a few of the cards for characters. We mm -hmm. haven't seen every, every one of them. We haven't seen Hulk. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're still waiting on that. So, sure. if... They make the cards available online so I can print. That will make a lot of people happy because then they can make larger cards. You can make eight by tens. Yeah, eight by ten, big old poster I'm boards. Gonna say they're not going to, because there are enough models out there and action figures that that could hurt them from a financial standpoint. People would not necessarily buy models on you. I was really hoping they'd have a digital interface. I wouldn't be surprised. There, somebody's going to be building a digital one, an app to build armies oh, and yeah. such with. That. That's that's going to be pretty easy. I don't but, know if it's nice, but you could screenshot the app possibly in the future and comprise your own documents. I, 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 like I, said, I haven't. Or that we'll talk to them and we'll tell them they need to make the the font bigger for us old guys. And yeah. I mean, we, and I just, well, speaking in terms of some of those people, it, it would very well happen. Yeah, like I said, it's not a, a, a 
a big thing. It's not like I'm downplaying them, but this is kind of how you know I I look at the I looked at the cards and I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Yeah, fair enough. But there you go. There's us uh, Marvel um, Marvel game, which would be cool. Which we're all looking forward to. Yes. I will see if I can well, try to get a few of them. It's just not, but uh, he's mad on it. But that's fair. I mean, some people, that's not their thing. It's not going to be their thing. The good thing is there's so many games out, everyone doesn't have to play everything. Yeah. And but okay. I will definitely see if I can try to uh, get a few of them on the podcast, either for the podcast or a one-on-one interview, and see if I can get some talking. Because I know my buddy Pagani, he's, he loves me to death. He'll help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Let's go ahead and switch over to the media section because we're about 15 minutes over. <laughs> no worries. You're just so excitable. Oh, we'll be playing. Trust me, I've already started working with uh, these guys to figure out how I can do certain things. Um, Jackie, how many you got? One? For media? Yeah. Uh, potentially three. Depends on if you have repeats or not. No, you can do but. what you need to. Uh, my things I have, let's see. I really... I don't have a lot, but they're kind of in the... They'll be quick. How about that? John, two? All right, two. let me go with one of mine. Um, well, I, I could save one if I had to. Gotcha. Uh, I'm just going to go that I am finishing up the last season of Orange is the New Black. Um, and watching that. And I'm like two episodes from the final. Uh, I'm glad that uh, it's ending. Not because it's a bad show or they jumped the shark. Is this shows need an end or you're just going to be rehashing the same storyline over and yes. over and over. Um, so, so far it's been good. I don't see anything negative about it right now. Um, I like that they are exploring things of when people are in jail and when people are out of jail. Um, you can tell that some of this was kind of... Oh, yeah, remember that character? Yeah, here's something about him. When? Well, they got out, and so they're doing their own thing now, and we don't care about them that much anymore. I get it. Um, sure. Yeah. You, 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 you get it, you understand, you're like, okay, no big deal, move on. Um, so if you like Orange is the New Black, new season is on, um, about two from the end. So far, it's been pretty good. I'm not going to give a final rating until I watch it all. So, Done. Jackie? Have you guys done Shazam yet? Mm, Came out no. two weeks, three weeks ago now. I haven't I seen haven't it yet. seen Shazam yet. Okay, no spoilers. Um, Shazam's very fun. Uh, I really like the less serious movies. I think that the superhero movie world is really inflated now and too dramatic and too set in sepia. Uh, Shazam is a really fun, lighthearted comedy about children, and the comedy is totally directed for children and it's just, it's just a really enjoyable watch i just like to watch movies for a fun aspect i don't really like to think too much so uh i really like it i suggest it for anybody who just wants to watch a fun superhero movie with their kids it's it's pleasant um and i think they're going to be making more of them which i look forward to that yeah i think they said that they're going to make another another shazam because it, it actually did pretty decent in the theater and a fun thing, too, most of it takes place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is essentially my region. So it's really nice to see things that you recognize so clearly. And you're like, I don't remember being so clean there, but we'll <laughs> slide for the industry, you know. So I definitely scrub that street. Wait, so you've got Rocky and Shazam, and I get the wire. Seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So, what do you get? How many space herpes? Um, it's a good movie, but certainly predictable. So, I'll give it two out of five space herpes, okay. which is good, right? Reverse yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's on the solid side, absolutely. Yep. All right, John. Uh, the first one as a as a companion piece to last week's Punisher Warzone, I uh, watched uh, Punisher with Thomas Jane. I'm sorry. Don't be is so much better than that last movie. It defies description. <laughs> Correct, but still, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, when you have no standards and the bar oh, is on the ground, yeah, that, you can jump over it. That was the worst movie I'd seen this year. Spoiler, it may have been dethroned two weeks in a row. Great. Um, but no, I enjoy it. It's got uh, a lot of good cast. I mean, John Travolta makes a great villain. Uh, the cast overall does a solid job. It just would have been better not being a Punisher movie. Yeah, um, more of a mercenary movie. Yeah, so I talked to my buddy Marshall about it, and he we he actually turned me around on part of it. I thought he was being way too vicious, way too everything to be the Punisher, but this is sort of his origin story, and it, they do put the origin story in, including like a very brutal scene of them basically coming in and killing his entire family. It's like a family reunion, and he's the only survivor, so they up the brutality of his origin quite a bit. And I'm okay with him taking the vengeance he does on them because that was pretty horrific. And he does it in terrible ways. He basically gets the main bad guy to kill his consigliere and best friend and kill his wife. And then goes like, yeah, I set you up for this. And then he kills him. Um, it is a Punisher story. It's okay. Um, overall, it's pretty generic action. Uh, there are some points that make it a little too much. Like, there's a middle point, a uh, middle to end point where it's just way too comedy. And it's like, who directed this? This is a different director. It has to be. <laughs> it's like dark as hell, a little weird, too much weird comedy, then dark as hell. You need to fix your tone. Uh, would better not punish her, but overall enjoyable. I'm going to give it pretty standard action movie fare of about two and a half uh, space herpes. There's no great shakes. It's like putting in any standard action movie and watching it. There's nothing really special in it that makes it great. Okay. But it's better than the last one. And if I get lucky next week, maybe I'll review the third Punisher movie, which I hesitate to say might actually be the best of those three. Go Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Gonzo, want to hit another one real quick? Um, yeah, I finally finished because I started it um, last week. Finished it this week. I finished watching... The entire series, seasons of My Hero Academia. I uh, got all 63 episodes in. Um, that shit's good. Uh, for a quirky anime about superheroes, that shit's good. I want to run a superhero anime, uh, superhero RPG now. Uh, based off of all of this type of concept of all of these fucking superheroes. Um, get, get, the, get the Patreon, make it so. <laughs> um, I I really liked it. Uh, I'm I'm you know y'all know I'm super picky about my anime and about stupid shit, but it's this show is it, it, it's silly and it's quirky, but it's really really good. I really really like it. I think it's got a lot of good bite. I know everybody says it's amazing and stuff, but I think it's really cool. Um, can't wait to, there's a movie coming out next, which is what they usually do with anime. Once something gets really big, like, let's make a movie. And then after the movie, then they do, you know, the, you know, they start the series back up if, if they bring a series back. 
So I'm looking forward to it. I'm all in on this. I really like, I really like the world. I like the setting. I like the superheroes. I like the villains. Um, even though with the quirky anime weird stuff, so in on this. Can't wait. Awesome. What do you uh, it? Zero space RPs for me right now. Awesome. Um, which is a rare thing for an anime, for me. Uh, Jackie, what's your number two? I'm going to throw you guys for a loop. Uh, I'm going to do Detective Pikachu. Have you reviewed that yet on the stream? We have not. I did not get a chance to see it. Uh, we were did waiting not. in Not Brush at Day, but waiting in the Chief Theater, and then everything got busy and neither of us could make it. Gotcha. So. Well, I would first point out that my cat's playing with a toy back there, so if you hear some noises, it's a cat. Fine. Uh, secondly, yeah, it's a, it's a fun movie. It has a lot of Pokemon. There's definitely at least 100 Pokemon in that movie. Uh, you could definitely tell it's marketed towards the Chinese audience because you see the Pokemon that are most popular in different regions of the world, not the United States, but I'm over everything being directed towards me, so okay. that's that's set aside. Uh, I hear Pokemon it, in it, so it's all good. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> uh, it's a little cringy at, time. I'm not gonna, at times, I'm not going to lie. There's a weird, anytime you throw animal people into stuff, I start getting the furry vibes, uh, so I think that's a little awkward. I think the storyline overall is pretty floppy. It starts off pretty good. Like you got this big mystery, and it just kind of goes downhill from there. Uh, and on top of that, uh, some CG Pokemon don't translate very well. Pokemon with teeth and nubs and fur and organs just isn't totally pleasant all the time. If you can put aside the whole reality of it all and accept that people can live with Pokemon so easily without it becoming an issue, then... You can kind of enjoy the worlds. Uh, you know, but honestly, I don't think it's that great. I think it's just Ryan Reynolds being Pikachu. And uh, if I were to rate it, I would give it three and a half out of five space therapies. And I'm very generous. Uh, right. So and I've watched it like six or seven times. Oh, wow. So terrible and watchable. Yeah, it's it's hard to rewatch, but uh, when I got it, my my friends come over once a week, and I just put on a movie, and I was torturing them with that for the past week and a half or so. So, <laughs> I've been over a lot this week. But yeah, eh, it's okay. Kids like it. Pokemon have teeth. Ugh. Uh, well, my buddy Marshall has not gotten his uh, movie set up for his uh, new basement yet, so we didn't have any there. But. Friday night after getting done working, I did watch a wonderful movie that's on Amazon Prime for free called Robo Vampire. Oh my god. Robo Vampire. Oh my fucking god. Alright, so. Not to go on a rant, but there are basically two stories in this movie. The story of the guy who becomes the robot, the, the, the cheap RoboCop knockoff, and I mean cheap. <laughs> and then them rescuing another one of their agents who's captured by, theoretically, another portion of the same drug runners. Technically, those two plots don't meet. They have some bad guys sort of cross, but that was didn't need to happen. It was just totally, oh, fuck. So the half of the rescuing the, the uh, you know drug enforcement agent um, in the jungle, that team, that is an okay movie. It's not good. It's like bad Hong Kong Chinese, you know, it's like the kung fu, the action version of a kung fu movie. It's okay, but it's not great. You, you can watch me like, yeah, sure, it's in the background, whatever. The other half with the vampires and the RoboCop and the ghosts, it's it starts off like you know, a, like a Chinese ghost story 
mixed with a kung fu movie with a little bit of guns. And then it just goes completely fucking nuts. Like, they raise this vampire, and then the ghost shows up like, that was my lover, and now I can't be together forever because he's undead. And he's, it, Oh, Jesus. And that plot doesn't go anywhere, really. Just brings a ghost in who shows up once or twice and fights the RoboCop guy whose costume is terrible. Um, they, they, they overdub the little robot whirring noises every time he's moving his head or arms or anything. Except occasionally he does like kung fu jumps like everyone else. I'm like, what the shit? <laughs> it is terrible in every way you could possibly be terrible. I'm not sure if it's worse than Pacific, than Atlantic Rim because they obviously had $4.50 for a budget and they stretched it a long way, but <laughs> the costumes are bad. The acting is bad. In the one, in the one half, the acting is horrific. In the other half, the acting is like almost okay. It has no coherent plot, really, at all. It has no real narrative structure. Things just go to the next scene because they decided it's time to go to the next scene, not because it actually led there. Um, terrible romance. Uh, oh, my God. I just don't watch this. Do not watch this. I'm giving it five space herpes because it's fuck awful. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's worse than... Atlantic Rim, because Atlantic Rim actually has actors who seem like they're trying and have some modicum of actual talent, unlike these fuckers. <laughs> but on the other hand, this looks like a student project, almost. It's like it's like that shitty YouTube video. So you're like, well, they got heart. They're trying to make a movie off, you know, they're 12 bucks. But I feel like me and my friends could take our pocket change and make this movie better. So, do, don't, don't watch it. Turkish Star Wars. Um... It's closer to Turkish Star Wars than I'd like, but doesn't have any of the charm of Turkish Star Wars, and I cannot believe that statement just came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, avoid it at all costs. There's a sequel, World Vampire 2. I will not be watching that. Ooh, I maybe think I'll you take... review that. <laughs> maybe oh. I'll, I'll take on the sequel. <laughs> all right, Gonzo, you take on the sequel. Yeah, it was no good. Don't, don't watch it. Skip it. Five space herpes. Drink. I... Yeah, no. Just no. I'm curious to see what it got on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Probably didn't. <laughs> They're like, nope, not gonna do it. No, it, it's it's terrible, and it's from 1988. There's no excuse for anything looking that bad from 1988. Oh, Anyways, uh, who's next? We we'll let Jackie finish up. Jackie, you gonna finish up? Yeah, I have another one. All right. Um, I also I've been going on a huge voodoo kick, and I got Battle Angel Alita mm -hmm. or Alita Battle Angel, depends Alita on how you look Angels. at the movie cover. Um, it's good. I've watched that one a lot. I saw that in theaters. Yep. I was always a big fan of the manga and the anime. If you're a person who likes the manga and anime, I think you will enjoy it as an anime movie. Mm -hmm. But take it as that. Um, the CGI at, time can, at times can be pretty painful. And honestly, a lot of very good plots are just totally skimmed over for sake mm -hmm. of making it fit into a rather long movie format. You can only do what you can do with that time frame. Uh, but I think overall it was a very good translation of specifically the anime mm -hmm. over the manga. Yeah, sometimes I, shot for shot from the anime. It is. And, and I like that. I appreciated that because I certainly really like the anime and I wish there got to be more at the time, but there won't be. No. Um, I've been told I there's going to be a sequel. The movie because it did pretty good overseas? It did very good overseas. It did terrible in America. Um, Thank you, America. 
I look forward to the sequel. <laughs> There's a, a couple little snippets you can find online of little post-movie things that give you a little closure on characters. Uh, that's fun. Uh, I won't say anything over here because it might spoil it for Gonzo, but you can look it up later. Uh, yeah, uh, it was good. It was solid. Like I said, sometimes the CGI and honestly, the dialogue at times isn't very immersive either. Some of the lines are like, really? Like, ugh, you're going to make sure. a joke like right now? Puns. Tacky, yeah. yeah, very tacky. Maybe the anime is written like that. I really can't remember. I think it is. I think, like I said, if you like the anime and you like anime movies and you can sit through them, you'll like the movie very much compared to certainly compared to some of the other anime movies that have existed. Okay. <laughs> but as a movie, fast. yeah, it moves fast. Its plot is staggering oddly. There's some cringy dialogue and some untouched subjects. But I think overall, as a standard audience goer, I would probably give it three out of five space herpes because it's not great, but it certainly is fun and it stirs some things up in you. I think the average person would probably get it lower, two and a half to two, just because it is better than the majority. It's good or better than the majority of action movies that come out. And you can watch it purely as action, visual effects, spectacular um, because they did a good job with it. Um, if you're interested or you've seen it, I actually suggest you check out. Uh, everything great about on uh, youtube he did a good video on everything great about the movie and he really i will does a good job of laying it out i gave it one and a half uh space herpes personally uh very good but not quite top tier movie uh very much watch again we'll probably purchase at some point cool man um we only got like a minute left uh i'm gonna do a really quick one um, and I watched, of course, another one of Adam Savage's, uh, Adam builds oh. or whatever. And okay. he did, he rebuilt the Z one from fifth element, which is the gun that, uh, what's his face uses. I can't remember the character's name to show off to Zorg. the aliens. Yes. Zorg. Zorg shows off to the aliens and he recreates it in physical form. Uh, and Riot tries to recreate all the aspects of it. The rocket launcher, the net gun, the freeze gun, the bullets that, you know, no matter where you point, will track back. Uh, it actually did really, really cool. He was able to have it where it has a flamethrower. And it has a freeze gun. And all it was was, you know, didn't really freeze much. Um, the net gun. Uh, the way he did the bullets that came back and retract into everybody... Uh, that, you know, no matter where he pointed the gun, they would still shoot in the same direction. He created a gimbal that pointed forward. And so when he turned the gun right, the gimbal was still facing forward and still shot. Oh, okay, um, cool. So it was pretty neat the way he did he did it all. It was did pretty cool. he put cool. the little red button on there? A real killer to put the little red button on there. Uh, I can't remember if he did or not. <laughs> but he did have Gary on the show with him. Oh, um, I'm checking that out. Yeah, which was really cool because he had... Uh, and uh, Adam and him, I guess, are friends in real life. And Adam made him a winner, made him a replica of the movie prop and gave it to him. And then, then he made the, uh, then he made the uh, real life version with all the guns that shoot and the needles and all this other stuff. So it was interesting. Um, I really like his show. It's a lot of fun. It's got some cool things on it. So yeah. Adam Savage is a national treasure. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, guys, uh, I'm actually going to raid y'all off to somebody. Somebody probably could use a little bit of, uh, love, love from us. 
give some love. So don't go anywhere after this. I'm going to send y'all off to Epic Duck Studios. So, from where the dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Jackie, not Kathy. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Yeah, it did. We went really far with the marble. We're, we're going to go through the whole media section. Yeah, I mean, like I said, my group's probably in now. I read the rules and told them we should be in, so we're in. I don't know how you get that job, but apparently I've got that job. <laughs>